Welcome to Where the Lotus Grows, Getting Dirty and Growing Strong with Kimberly Searle and Tanya Drew. As integrative sustainable movement educators and health advocates, our goal is to provide you with evidence-based information gathered from research, experts in the field, and our personal and professional experience to help you advocate for your own health and wellness. Our mission is to collaboratively navigate the thick, muddy waters of life to empower, accept, and cultivate our most authentic selves. Welcome back, Courageitarians. So I have to say I was invited to speak on a stress panel at an event at our ISD. It's called Monroe Connections. And this is the second year that um, I've sat on the stress panel. And the second, our first time we did the stress panel, it was so received so well, but they asked us to do the same panel twice this year. And um, so after I finished the uh, second one, I returned back to my table with the panelists that I'm presenting with. And one of the panelists leans over, Hannah, and says, I thought I knew your voice. It sounded so familiar. I listened to Where the Lotus Grows. And she works for Michigan State University Extension Office in the Health and Nutrition um, Department. And so I just wanted to say that was our first time that someone I didn't know was listening to the podcast and they actually said something to me. And I, w- I was so excited. I mean, it warmed my heart. Hooray! Our first little uh, little uh, dip with celebrity, right? You are recognized <laughs> by your voice. You're famous. Yeah. So That's if there's fantastic. anybody else there that is listening to us and you recognize us, please let us uh, know by coming up and chatting with us. Absolutely. And thank you, Hannah, for for shouting out to Kim and letting her know that you listen. We appreciate all of our listeners. Well, today we're going to talk about coming home to yourself. And uh, there's this Zen proverb Uh, that I I like. And so I'm going to start off with that. There were two wolves. One was dark and one was light. The dark one was full of anger, frustration, and negative activity, negative energy. The light one was full of peace and calm and positive energy. The two wolves were always fighting, not realizing that they were the same. We have both of these qualities in ourselves, dark and light. So the man stands in his own shadow and wonders why it is dark. I like Have you ever heard that? I I haven't. So I have heard a different version that I think is similar. So what I have heard is, um, and I am totally taking this from memory, so I'm probably going to butcher it even though it's a proverb, Um, but it's the... uh, boy asks the Zen master or the father could be a girl too, for all it matters. Person asks the Zen master or their father, um, about the two wolves and they're fighting and which one, uh, I forget how it goes. Something along the lines of, um, which one lives and the, the Zen master says the, the one that lives is the one you feed. So we have within us a dark wolf and a light wolf, and the one that lives is the one that you feed. Mm -hmm. So just essentially, if you're feeding into the positive side or if you're feeding on the negative side, that's that's the thing that's going to grow. So, and I'm sorry to... (laughs) 
<laughs> to have butchered that so badly because it is a beautiful proverb. But it's it's very similar in the fact that there's the light and the dark wolf and they um you know they're they're both sides of us. And um we do all possess both sides. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, and I love the the man stands in his own shadow and wonders why it's dark. That's really uh, kind of profound. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I, as I became an adult, right, now, you know, you get your first career job and stuff, I think I was running from the dark. Mm-hmm. And when that wasn't working for me, I found yoga. And so then I was like, oh, I love this community and this no judgment. And there's all this light here and acceptance. So I think originally when I started my spiritual journey, I was like, well, if I do all this stuff and try to live the perfect yoga lifestyle, everything's just (laughs) going to be light. And then I realized, oh, you know, and and once in a while I'd get a teacher that would like, the meditation would be about going to the dark. And I'd always go, why did she do that? No one wants to go there. Who wants to go there? You know, but uh, then as I've matured, you realize that, you know, there's always going to be light and dark. And the more of it you push away the dark, the more it's going to overtake your life. And it's really about kind of finding that middle ground between the two. Yeah. No, I, have, I like that. Have you um, had any similar experiences? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, and this kind of harkens back to when we were talking about ego, too, because, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, nobody wants to think about the ways in which, you know, maybe they're not nice or perfect or, you know what I mean? Like studying the shadow self or who wants to go there and look at the less attractive parts of yourself. Right. (laughs) But (laughs) you, you have to, like, like you said, finding that medium, that's where, um, that's, that's how you can make improvement so we're we're constantly learning and unlearning you know what I mean we're unlearning bad patterns and we're unlearning poor coping skills and we're unlearning the yucky stuff the dark stuff and then we're constantly learning how to do things the right way or how to be more positive or how to be more light right and I don't think that you can have one without the other. So right. for yeah. one to be true, the other has to be true, right? Sure. No, yeah. it's the, yeah. you, you, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both and there you have. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, right? <laughs> uh, that is the facts of life. That's the song. Do you remember that show when you were a kid? Did you watch that? I'm totally yeah. dating us because nobody... <laughs> Nobody under 30 knows what the facts of life is. Nobody under 35 knows what the facts of life is. But (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, um, I was going to sing it, but then I chose not to. Our listeners don't need that. Um, (laughs) Well, you have a good voice, you know. Being a previous rock star. Yeah, well, it's not my my rock star voice. But yeah, (laughs) the idea of meeting somewhere in the middle so the yoga philosophy of you know the the different um i'm gonna not be able to think of the word uh to be rajas thomas or sattvic right so Mm -hmm. rajas is like the gunas that's the word that i was looking for 
So, you know, Rajas is kind of agitative and Tomasic or, you know, kind of constantly moving and whatnot. And Tomasic is completely still and unable to move. And then Sattvic is in the middle. So you have peace in the equilibrium. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to do inner work when the mind is frazzled from all the day's activities. So um, I think we need to stop and be still, take a deep breath and check in. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times we think when we're still, we're not doing anything, but there's so much happening when we allow that stillness. Absolutely. And I do think, you know, um, I was kind of uh, chuckled to myself a little bit when I was looking over um, our notes for this topic today, just thinking about, you know, in 32-ish episodes now, then we've come to this conclusion, like how many times, even in 30 episodes, has our instruction or um, our advice or our own uh, practice been stop, (laughs) take a deep breath (laughs) and assess the situation Um, or connect, get quiet. You know, that's really been a theme interwoven throughout many, many, many of our podcasts thus far. Mm-hmm. What well, was you say that um, you know, we'll we'll record a couple episodes so we can send maybe five of them off to our audio guide at a time. And so, you know, I re-listen to them after you post them and I usually work out to them. And I was re-listening uh, to one about, you know, commitment to our self-care practice. Mm-hmm. And I had one of these hassled, you know, kind of frazzled weeks and I had just like canceled all my self-care because I'm like, uh, it just doesn't fit in. And then mm-hmm. I'm listening to the podcast and I started chuckling and I thought, oh, wasn't that very poignant? <laughs> it came right at a time to remind me that, you know, don't cancel that. Right. No, good reminder. And how great that you get to listen back to your own advice. Like, <laughs> that's kind of a nice little, like, it, not only is it serendipitous that you heard it when you needed it, but it was your own voice right, you right. to be, to be that way. I was just telling my client today, speaking of breath and checking in, um, I just, I gave her that as her homework for the weekend. I was like, you know, everything is kind of crazy right now. I feel you. I, you know, whatever it's mercury retrograde, there's all kinds of craziness going on. The season's changing. The weather's crazy. Take a moment, deep breath, close your eyes and just be present for just a minute. Just a few deep breaths. Think about feeding your brain oxygen (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then move forward. And yeah, because, and then move forward. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Uh, that's say, well, we, you know, we begin our day awake in our beds in the morning, but mm-hmm. then the day goes on. And as the day's going on, you know, we're kind of assaulted with all our daily tasks that build up, um, you know, that's coming through all of our five senses. Mm-hmm. And each task takes us away from ourselves. And so that's great to come back to the breath, even just for a minute. Um, because, you know, there, there's this overload in our sensory and mm-hmm. then, the, you know, that kind of puts us into this 
hypnotic uh, trance. And um, so if we can take that one minute breath, come back to where our feet actually are, Mm -hmm. then it puts us back into that present moment. No, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, we have so many, so I try to do things um, to protect myself from that. Um, speaking just, you know, in how busy we are and how we're bombarded or overloaded with sensory things. Um, I have, like, I love using my phone for reminders. But other than that, I have all of my notifications turned off because I don't want to know that somebody, you know, posted a picture on Instagram or um, I don't have Facebook, but other, you know, modalities. I I don't want to know until I open it up and I have the time to sit down. And I feel like if I see the reminder that I'm distracted mm-hmm. and that person or that photo or that um, 20% off discount that I'm going to get, it's still going to be there this evening when I get to it. So the only reminders that come through to me are, you know, direct um, text messages and then my reminders that I put in my calendar. And I just feel like everything else, because it does, it gets to be where you're bombarded and then your brain gets a little zing every time. Like it's like Pavlov's dog, you know, your notification goes off and you get a little zing by looking at it, but then you might be stressed out because there's so many things that you feel overwhelmed that you have to look at and that you have to get to. And I'm just as guilty as the next person of wasting time on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) But I really try to make that specific times during the day so that I'm not bombarded by that. um, Just as you were saying, that sensory overload, because there's already the to-do list and there's already the, you know, from the minute you get up, you've got things that have to happen depending on how busy your day is. Um, but we have a lot of external things that we, I think we could probably control better if we, um, kind of shut those out. And maybe that gives you a little bit more time to, you know, look down at where your feet are, to take that deep breath, to not worry so much. Yeah. You, do you remember when, uh, the Apple iPhone started like giving you a, a weekly, I think it's a weekly update of how much screen time you have and where mm-hmm. that screen time's coming from. And so I was at this point where I was feeling overwhelmed by the fact that, you know, clients, potential clients really want to communicate with me through like six different mediums. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, the studio business model doesn't really allow for someone to sit at the front desk. You know, I don't have 32K to, you know, pay for a concierge person at the front desk to get immediate stuff back. I was feeling very overwhelmed. And the phone, you know, said, well, you get 294 text messages. And I thought, no wonder I'm Mm -hmm. overwhelmed. So I've got these different ways that people want to communicate. And then I'm bombarded with, you know, close to 300 text messages. And I was, I just thought, you know, here's all of this stuff that, you know, I need to accomplish, but at what cost? Sure to myself. And so then I, I had hired some uh, subcontractor to answer the studio phone and I just decided, you know, 
48 hours. If everybody gets a return something in 48 hours, mm-hmm. um, that that's okay because people want it in 48 seconds or less, but mm-hmm. that's the best I can do. And, um, you know, I always think back to Brene Brown. She always says, you know, at some point the reckoning is going to come mm-hmm. where we have to balance this out. And, and so I think it's getting in and making choices for, you know, what's the best that I can do and how does it honor my self-care? Mm-hmm. And it's just little reminders um, to slow down, to check in with the senses. And you can do it for six seconds, you know, just to have a little pause because the world is coming at us so fast. Um, you know, and information's coming at us so fast that um, it can be overwhelming. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. And first of all, wow, you know, 300 messages in a week. I, I, as I was thinking that, I was like, Kim needs a, a frequently asked questions response. It's just like <laughs> a little fact to go out every time somebody texts her. Um, but, you know, I, I totally agree. I love that you said it only takes six seconds. Um, and I'm going to tie this in again to, to technology and just kind of how addicting some things can be sometimes. I have the don't text me while I'm driving automatic message on my phone. Um, but it's so funny that I will find myself stopped at a stoplight and I will want to reach for my phone. Like I have to tell myself, no, like I'm a child <laughs> and be like, no, you cannot reach for your phone and look at the screen just because you have to wait for a full minute. Mm-hmm. Like you are going to mm-hmm. be here for a full minute. And so that's when I do try to, I try to use that time as well for a little breathing, maybe a little abdominal exercise, um, you know, a little something at the stoplight because my monkey brain wants to reach for a device, wants to check and see if somehow I've got a message, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, and just wants to like look at something. And so um, that, that time, I love that you just said that, you know, it only takes six seconds to, to take a pause because I, I sometimes struggle with that as much as I try to practice it. I find myself like when you have those moments of silence where you're stuck waiting in some way to not necessarily soothe that instantly with the, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to check my electronic device, but instead try to soothe it and I'm going to breathe. I'm going to, you know, maybe, maybe engage my abs a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, someone had said that even like, you know, lunchtime, most of us eat by ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. It's probably a, a more appropriate time that we all eat alone, but can you go to the restaurant, not get on any devices, not read any magazines, any books, just go to the restaurant, sit, be still and eat. Mm. And that's difficult to do. I think I want to try it. I, you know, I, I think that, I mean, I think that I could, it would definitely take a little conscious effort on my part. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like people watching, like I enjoy that kind of thing. And I'm sure, you know, it might be easier if I were outdoors versus indoors, but that is an interesting little test. 
because I'm not on my phone all the time when I go somewhere and eat by myself, but I've definitely taken a book or I'm making notes or I'm working on something. Yeah. If I have to eat by myself, it's, it's a pretty big habit for me to have a book or my phone. Mm -hmm. I, once my food arrives, I do make a habit to put it all away and turn my phone over and really be in the mindfulness of eating. But that time while you're waiting for your food to be prepped and your order be to be taken, it's very difficult just to sit there and, and be with it. But if what happens if we started to do that? You know, what perhaps we would see what feelings that were overriding or we're not considering dreams that we needed to consider. Mm-hmm. And when we continue to push that stuff away, then it shows up as aches and pains. Um, that are coming up because, you know, the body sends us little signals. And when we aren't noticing those signals, then it becomes something pretty big that we have to address, whether, you know, it's a sciatic flare up or, um, you know, it's the jaw tensing or maybe a shoulder starts to go awry. Mm -hmm. It is interesting when you think about the different things that you probably could, um, reduce and in even subtle changes, right? So even if you don't have physical aches and pains, um, you know, checking that news app might raise your cortisol. Um, you know, being anxious about a call or what, uh, you know, somebody commented on your status or whatever could, you know, increase your stress level. Um, it could result in, you know, like you, you mentioned your jaw, maybe you're locking up your jaw. Maybe there's just really subtle little things that you're not paying attention to that, you know, we know, and, and, and I know we'll talk about this in further, um, in future episodes, but you know, when you're under stress, your digestion slows down. So then you're not digesting properly. Um, you can have, it can have an effect on your libido. And your desire for any sort of pleasure. So just slowing down, like being under constant stress is not healthy in ways that we don't even think about consciously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like you said, can manifest in aches and pains in many different ways. So turning inward and taking a little time for introspection. I really, really enjoy that. Um, and I enjoy that suggestion for others. I think coming home to yourself is, is stopping the outwardly attention and turning inward to the thoughts, the feelings, the physical sensations, maybe in your chest, belly, maybe your jaw or hips. Um, but it's about taking a personal interest in what matters to you. And the longing to be accepted and loved really needs to start with accepting and loving you first. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone can only love you and accept you as much as you are willing to love and accept yourself. Oh, that's beautiful, Kim. I like that. Do you think, as we were talking, do you think that, um, I'd love to like get a little feedback on this. When we don't have that introspection and we don't kind of um, come home to ourselves in that inward attention, 
Do you think, particularly with social media, and I know we, we kind of talk about this a lot, like we don't even take the time to form our own opinion or to think critically about something because it's already been done for us. Mm-hmm. You know, so something will pop up and depending on your your perception or who it's coming from, you know, if your brother posted something and you just, you know, kind of automatically agree, like you don't, we don't even take the time to sit and digest something and really philosophize about it and turn it over and chew on it before we're just like, nope, that's, I agree. <laughs> like <laughs> heart, thumbs up, whatever. I agree. And yeah. we don't really take the time to chew on it too. And so t- doing that, taking that, um, turning that outward attention inside helps with that too. It helps with critical thinking. It helps with um, judgment in a way that I think just um, our current atmosphere of just giving a thumbs up to everything. You know? Yeah, because that's, that's more superficial, right? Yeah. And so but it can I really think, get deeper. Yeah, but I think we consider ourselves to be much more informed because we see these things. Yes. Yeah. And then we take it for granted. Like, I almost feel like the news is just sound bites taken off of social media. And mm-hmm. there's not a lot of journalistic uh, reporting going on where, you know, someone's gone and, d- gone and done fact checks and made a, mm-hmm. uh, an investigative um, oh, article. Well, so it's the same thing for you personally. Like, are you just hitting likes and hearts and that kind of thing without really doing some of your own investigation to see how it resonates with you? Right. No, absolutely. I, as you were saying that, I'm like, no, I have seen segments of the news where they literally are like, so we went to Twitter and five people said that this and six people on Twitter said this. And I'm like, you just made a segment out of what <laughs> other people said on Twitter. Like, that's not news. That's right. not like a, you know, like, that's kind of silly that's not even a segment how is that news that's lazy I mean I grew up in a family where we had dinner and then we watched the world news together and then we'd Mm. talk about what was on it and every Sunday Mm -hmm. uh, with my one set of grandparents my grandma and grandpa or we would watch 60 minutes as a family and then we would talk about the 60 minutes and get into you know debates and you know how everybody felt about it and nobody uh, agreed usually. Usually, if somebody was on one side, one was on the other side. So it made for really entertaining uh, conversations. Um, and I do feel that you know that's lacking. Yeah. Well, I think I think that because things are seem appear to be so divisive now, um, climate wise with politics, and I feel like at least for the last. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely going to say for the last three years, but maybe even a little bit more um, that the news kind of is politics. Like you can't escape that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's very divisive. And I really think that that's unfair because if you, if you have those conversations, you know, back if you have those conversations at the dinner table and not everybody agrees, but you can respectfully 
have those debates and have those conversations, that's when you also discover that you probably have more in common than you think, even though you don't agree on the same. And I think I miss, I think that's a need that I'm missing Mm -hmm. now is, is I, I don't feel the safety as much as I used to, to be able to get into debates, Um, you know, and they're friendly debates, right? They're Mm -hmm. not. But, sure. but just to have kind of that, that, that conversation that goes back and forth. And you're right. Even if you agree to disagree, you can still find where there's some common ground. Mm-hmm. And I, I find conversation like that stimulating. Oh, absolutely. And it's food for thought if you can be open-minded to what somebody you disagree with says. I, I think, and this circles right back to what I was saying in the beginning, is we, we learn a little bit about something. We determine if we agree or we disagree right away and we don't, um, we don't dig any deeper. And so when you're bombarded with all of these, um, I'm using air quotes, facts from whichever news source or whichever um, you know, group, because we tend to be segregated into groups of like-minded people. When you, when you have that debate, um, it's almost too polarizing, right? It's almost too much like, nope, it's this, it's black and it's white. And then that's all that there is. And um, I don't think that there's enough of the conversations happening where it's, those debates are allowed to happen anymore. I think too many people feel too offensive or offended or can be too offensive to one another. So I think it's a combination of the both. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we can, we are maybe a little too defensive. We hold our ideals to be a little too precious. And at the same time, I think um, particularly with social media and that kind of thing, it's easier to be offensive and to, because we're not having the face-to-face conversations, <laughs> it's a lot easier to say things that maybe we wouldn't say to somebody's face because, you know, yeah, you know, I was in uh, a church one time and uh, the priest used this thing where he was like, uh, you know, don't be a cafeteria Catholic. Don't mm-hmm. take parts of the tr- of the Catholic tradition that work for you are easy and then leave the other parts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I sat there and, and I'm, I'm a, a movement educator and I thought, oh, you know, I can see that even in my field where but I like to do this, right? Well, most of the time we like to do something because it's fairly easy. It's not necessarily Mm -hmm. the thing that we need to make the change to -hmm. reach our goal. And so now I'm wondering if we're moving that way in our communication and our discussions. Are we just sticking with things that are easy and like-minded and then it's not challenging us to have maybe uh, an uncomfortable conversation, one that's a little more difficult to have? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And then that all comes back to um, not wanting to look at the ugly parts of ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Not wanting Mm -hmm. to dig into the shadows because that's the harder part. Staying in the light is easy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It feels better. So really taking the time, maybe a little bit each day or each week, stop breathe, come home to yourself, but don't be afraid to see what's lurking in the shadows too. Cause you're going to learn so much more about yourself. It's a gift. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll leave you with two questions to ponder. Which gifts have I been neglecting 
And how can I start to make the choices that honor what I have to give? Beautiful, Kim. Thank you so much. We'd love to hear from you listeners. We want to know what you think of the podcast. We want to know what you think of maybe a little of these introspective questions. Hit us up on all things where the Lotus grows on social media, or you can email us at info where the Lotus grows.com. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to where the Lotus grows. Join us in further conversations. We believe that you bring valuable knowledge to this community. You can find us at where the Lotus grows.com where the Lotus grows on Instagram and Facebook or Twitter where the Lotus G one, because we were not on top of that one. Remember that though we are professionals in our field, the topics discussed and or advice given is general information and not intended to treat or diagnose. Please seek the guidance of a medical, integrative health, bodywork, or yoga therapy professional for a full evaluation. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate us on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform.